Hello, my rebels. I have some bad news today, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do about it. We received a notice of intention to bring a lawsuit against Rebel News and me. Now, you know, that's pretty easy for some crank to write, but this is no crank. This is Trudeau's disinformation commissioner, his top man designed to smear Trudeau's critics as foreign agents. He has massive funding from Trudeau, and he's got a serious lawyer on his side. I'll take you through the facts of the case, and I'll tell you what we're going to do about it. I hope you can help us. Uh, that's ahead. Let me invite you, if you aren't already a subscriber, <clears throat> to join Rebel News Plus. That's the video version of this podcast. I'll show you various things like tweets that this man has written about us saying he wants us to be sued into submission. I'll show you his face. I'll show you proof that he gets funding from Trudeau. I'll show you lots of things that you can only see visually. Look, if you're listening to a podcast, if you're running or on a bus or whatever, I get it. But if you have a chance to see the video version of the show, I recommend it. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, Justin Trudeau's disinformation czar threatens Rebel News and me with a lawsuit. It's September 14th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. A terrible thing just happened. Rebel News and me personally have just received this legal notice of an intention to bring a lawsuit against us sent by Trudeau's disinformation czar, Jean-Christophe Boucher. He's coming to censor us, to shut us down, just like he publicly warned us would happen. I need your help, please. I just received his legal threat letter this week. They actually wrote it on September 8th, the day the Queen died. These are really classy people. You can read his legal threat letter for yourself at saverebelnews.com. That's a website I've set up to help us fight back. I need your help because Boucher has unlimited resources. He's received massive grants from the Trudeau government that he has used to fund his work to smear Rebel News and other Trudeau critics. He's also a professor at the University of Calgary, my old university, which also has unlimited resources. He's using the University of Calgary's lawyer here wouldn't surprise me if they're paying for this attack on us, too, to ensure they keep getting more Trudeau grants. But the main thing to know about this Boucher character is that he is Trudeau's censorship point man. He's the man paid to lead Trudeau's campaign against disinformation. He's Trudeau's chief censor, and he has hated rebel news for a very long time. Here he is in January of last year comparing Rebel News to poison. <laughs> and here he is a few months later saying Rebel News should be sued so brutally that we have to shut down. That's his goal. That's been his goal for years. Let me quote him. When will we shut down the Rebel for spreading false information? This should be a lawsuit for undermining public safety. He used the word we. I mean, this is a personal vendetta for him. Boucher couldn't be clearer. For years, he wanted to kill 
Rebel News. He's been saying so in public, which surely helped him get those massive grants from Trudeau's government. And now he's actually doing it. Read his legal threat letter for yourself at SaveRebelNews.com. And if you can, while you're there, please click over to help us fight back. We need help. Boucher doesn't want to debate us. He doesn't believe in debating. He's a Trudeau man. He believes in censoring people, or at least censoring Trudeau's enemies. Here he is during the trucker convoy. Quote, just cut their trucks in little pieces. Dump it on their driveway. Like Trudeau, he believes in using vaccine mandates to force people to obey. He said, we told you so, vaccine passport mandate works. Won't surprise you to learn that besides taking cash from Trudeau, he takes cash from the vaccine companies too. And like any good Trudeau soldier, this week he turned his attacks on Pierre Polyev. Here's what he said. Is it just me or Polyev supporters are coming out in force to harass people online and send insane emails to university professors? Later, he said, if this emboldens some to start harassing people in his name and build a toxic campaign to intimidate others, I think it will be an issue. So who is this guy? And why is he suing Rebel News and me? Why, why does he hate us so much? Why does he dehumanize his opponents, comparing them to poison, saying their property should be chopped up? And where is he getting the money from to attack us? Well, here's part of the answer. I mean, I first heard of Boucher a few months ago when he published this bizarre report subject to no academic peer review. It was really weird. It was called Disinformation and Russia-Ukrainian War on Canadian Social Media. But the report itself was disinformation because it wasn't a neutral or scholarly study. It was funded by Trudeau's Department of National Defense. In fact, that's Boucher's sugar daddy. He calls himself a professor, sure. <laughs> but he actually runs the Canadian Network on Information and Security funded by the Department of National Defense. He's the guy Trudeau pays to accuse Trudeau's political enemies of spreading foreign disinformation. Let me show you what I mean. I, I won't take long. Please watch this video to the end because I really do need to ask for your help. But first, I just want to show you why he's threatening to sue us, why he hates us, why he calls us poison that must be destroyed, why he says the truckers should have their trucks cut to pieces, why he hates Pierre Polyev, and why he thinks Trudeau's opponents should be silenced. Like I say, he claimed the report was about Russian disinformation on the internet. He says he studied millions of tweets and made a list of those Twitter accounts that promote Vladimir Putin's agenda. But look at one of the five criteria he says he looked at. And if you did this, you were promoting Russian propaganda. He said that anyone who vocally opposed Justin Trudeau could be flagged by Boucher as a Russian agent. I'm serious. Not exaggerating. Let me quote directly from his study. He said, Promoting a specific mistrust of Canada's liberal government, and especially of Prime Minister Trudeau, was enough for Boucher to flag you as a Putin agent. I'm serious. If you don't trust the liberals, especially Boucher's personal hero, Justin Trudeau, Boucher might call you a Russian propagandist. This is not a report about disinformation. This report is disinformation. It's a smear of anyone who criticizes Trudeau. It's not scholarship. It's not science. This junk study was not even peer-reviewed. It's bought and paid for propaganda, in my opinion. 
If you don't like Trudeau, you're a Russian agent. That's almost as embarrassing as this Trudeau reporter at the CBC. You know, given Canada's support of Ukraine in this current crisis with Russia, it, I don't know if it's far-fetched to ask, but, but there is concern that Russian actors could be continuing to fuel things uh, as, this, as this protest grows, but perhaps even instigating it from, from the outset. Yeah, she's not a professor, too. That's McCarthyism. Anything they don't like is Russian. It's embarrassing. It's not journalism. It's not scholarship. In fact, it's defamatory itself. And based on that BS, they made a hate list of the people they accuse of being Russian agents. The top one, this is crazy, the top one being Tulsi Gabbard, the former U.S. Congresswoman who's in the U.S. Army Reserve, she ran in the Democratic primaries for president. I'm serious. They said she was a Russian propagandist. But look at the other names on the list, too. Jack Posobiec is on there. He's a pundit. He used to serve in the U.S. Navy. It's insane to call him a Russian agent. But look, Maxime Bernier is on there, too. I'm on there. Some other Canadian pundits and Americans, too. How? How am I on there? I'm not a Putin agent. In fact, I wrote two books about how Canada has to produce more ethical oil and gas to displace Russian conflict oil and gas to free Europe. I called it ethical oil versus conflict oil. I was so harsh on Putin. I had a whole chapter on Gazprom and why we need to beat them. I was so harsh on Putin, it is not safe for me or my family members to travel to Russia. But like I say, this Boucher, he says you're a Putin stooge simply for distrusting Trudeau. Wow. Well, considering 68% of Canadians distrusted Trudeau enough in the last election to vote for anyone but him, that's a lot of Russian agents running around. So I did a show a few months back about this Trudeau Aaron boy after his study came out. And I actually sent him a letter demanding that he correct the errors and smears against me. Uh, in his report and his talk about it on, in the media. But instead of correcting his errors, he's suing me in Rebel News. For my rebuttal to his smears, he's suing me for my TV show where I tried to rebut him. So let's sum up. A professor who receives hundreds of thousands of dollars in funding from the Trudeau government to smear Trudeau's opponents as Russian agents, smears us as Russian agents in a non-peer-reviewed junk study designed to titillate and smear. Boucher then does the media circuit, going even further than his study does. Step two, this same professor repeatedly attacks Rebel News, comparing us to poison, saying we should be sued into silence. And number three, when I write to him, asking him to correct his errors, correct his disinformation, he refuses, and instead he serves me with a legal threat letter. This guy couldn't be clear about his plans. He wants to sue Rebel News to shut us down. He said so. And now he's got a university lawyer and a vault full of cash from Trudeau. He's coming to kill us. My friends, over the past two years, we have helped literally thousands of Canadians fight for their freedoms by crowdfunding their legal defenses. But now, we are the ones who need a legal defense. I've checked out Boucher's lawyer. He's no dummy. He's going to try to do maximum damage to Rebel News. He'll have unlimited resources. 
He'll have the backing of the Trudeau government and bizarrely, the backing of the University of Calgary who employs Boucher. We don't take any government money at Rebel News and we're not part of a huge organization like a tax-funded university. All we have is our viewers. If you think this Boucher is a bully, funded by another bully named Trudeau, and if you think his threat letter has to be resisted, and if you think we should lawyer up and defend ourselves, well, now is the time. You heard the man. He wants to shut us down. He thinks we're poison. If you want us to live, now is the time to help us. Please, go to saverebelnews.com, chip in what you can, and while you're there, sign our petition to the University of Calgary Board of Governors telling them it is outrageous that they would support this bully smearing us and threatening to sue us. Seriously, does the, CBC, does the U of C have so much money that they could spend it on harassing alumni who happen to disagree with Trudeau? Shame on the U of C. Sign our petition at saverebelnews.com, but I really do need your help to cover our legal bills. You can do that on the same website, and I promise we will fight like hell against this Trudeau disinformation czar. Not only will we defend ourselves, but we will put his McCarthyite smears on trial too. UFC's governors should be careful about what they wish for. Please go to saverebelnews.com because if Boucher wins, he really will try to kill us. So I'll tell you what's going down. You know who I am. They told me you were VIP. Well connected to the government. What kind of a moron forgets to pick up his laptop at a repair shop? You're a Biden. Act like one. Everything he built, life, I just ruined it all. I want to know everything that's on that laptop that can ruin my erection. My friends, it's time to party! I'm an artist. Tell me how I can help you. Well, I don't deserve help. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've been through worse. You're the smartest man I know. Thanks, Dad. I just wish I could speak some sense to you. I'll never forget Cory Bob. He was a bad dude. No joke. Dad, we were talking about suffering. I can't seem to find anything but positive stuff on the Bidens. Who's the point man for the foreign policy in the Obama regime? Joe Biden. So it looks like you need a billion dollars. So the obvious next question is, where's Hunter? I can remember getting paid some money. I can't remember what for. Well, my dad says we never discuss my businesses, period. Or my cut. What's happening in there? Joe's in on it. Party's over! <laughs> you had everything, Hunter, and you threw it all away. You hope the laptop will take down everybody with you. Get out! China's not our enemy. They're not bad folks, folks. I love my dad, and I just want to make him proud. I am the one who brings in all the deals. I am the one. The boy. Unbelievable, riveting, incredible, 
the film My Son Hunter, Lawrence Fox, the star actor. We've interviewed him before the movie is out. And so we have a very special guest today, the director of the movie, and it's an amazing show. But you'll know the director as an actor as well. He was a Bond villain in License to Kill. He was in hits like Die Hard and The Goonies and CSI. I'm talking about Robert Davi, who joins me live via Skype. Mr. Davi, what a pleasure to have you on the program, and congratulations on this film. Oh, my God, that is exciting. And right on the news, right? Explosive. I'm excited. I'm excited. Tell us what it was like directing this show. Well, first off, thank you for having me on the show. I have a lot of friends of mine in Toronto and Woodbridge, Hamilton, all over Vancouver. And um, they said, I said, hey, how's this Rebel show? They said, it's terrific. You, you know, you're great people and Ezra's terrific. So thank you for having me on. And hello to everyone out there in Canada and wherever else you're listening. Uh, and watching. The, it was, look, it was enjoyable to uh, uh, direct. I've directed before. I did a film called The, the Dukes, uh, which won nine awards. So for people to say, well, why is he directing? Well, I did direct before and it had a tremendous response. And then I did a film <clears throat> that I acted in and then I then kind mm -hmm. of went in and repaired it. But this here now is my really second film. And the subject matter, of course, is so riveting to me as it is to most people that want the truth, that want to find out the truth. That's all. They want to find out the truth. And it's a satirical uh, means uh, I did. Uh, it, it's emotional. It doesn't demonize the addiction of Hunter Biden because many people are suffering by addiction. Mm -hmm. We know that. I have family members suffering from that. Uh, but at the core of it, it's the it's told by the by the uh, point of view of a 25-year-old uh, left-wing activist who's an exotic dancer who meets up with Hunter, has a relationship, and then in the course of that relationship, at first not knowing who he is, finding out that he's the son of Hunter Biden, and then she's curious and starts to research this while they're having their relationship, and now it unfolds through the relationship into uh, the various alleged nefarious dealings that Hunter Biden made on behalf of the big guy, mm -hmm. Joe Biden. Now, when we made the film, Esra, there was no New York Times or no one else was admitting to this laptop and a lot of the stuff. Peter Schweitzer had written a book after we started directing the film. No, he wrote the book prior. And then stuff started to come out more and more and more. And even Hunter Biden's own book, Beautiful Things, which I went to and extracted some information from. Uh, the script was initially done by Brian Godua. And uh, like you said, the Unreported Society of Philem and Ann and uh, Magda, who recommended me to direct. We filmed it in Serbia. And um, when I read this initial script, I didn't want to make a conservative film per se with just a hit piece, a one-sided piece. I didn't want to demonize a few things because there was enough red meat for everyone there mm -hmm. it, i mean if you want to know the truth there's enough red meat for everyone there mm -hmm. but what i wanted to do was try to seduce in some way people that are in the middle or on the left that refuse that for whatever viral mental reason refuse to admit and to see the 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 the, 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 the what went down here that a vice president 
used his influence peddling through his son and to, to try to say, oh, it was nothing, and then continue to point the finger at the Trumps mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, we know the globalist movement that's happening. We know the, I mean, there's so many widespread reasons to, 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 that's happening in our society and around the world that we're, we're finding out now about. And that's the thing, when the Hunter Biden laptop was first revealed, the New York Post wrote about it. The New York Post is one of the oldest newspapers in America, very famous. And the social media companies all blocked it, banned it. Twitter refused to let the New York Post tweet. It was called fake news. It was called a Russian plot. That got them through the election without having these facts. But since then... The laptop has been corroborated even by the New York Times, the Washington Post. Yes. No one disputes that it's real anymore. They're all saying, well, it's old news oh. or it's unimportant. But that is real. This is a true story. Yes. And they do. You know, it's, a, it's not a true story except for all the facts, as we say in the beginning. <laughs> because, you know, so the intimate conversations people may have had, you know, those are dramatized. Mm -hmm. Some of it, majority using Joe Biden's own words and mm -hmm. discussions. Uh, but... What one must understand, and I think it's imperative, we have a, a media, a big tech, we have Hollywood, uh, that have suppressed this story and have pushed other ideas like the Russian disinformation of the, the Steele dossier, which has been proven to be funded by Hillary's campaign. Mm -hmm. The continued finger pointing of Donald Trump being a Putin sympathizer uh, if he was such a Putin sympathizer, why did he tell Angela Merkel in Germany, don't build a pipeline. Yeah. You'll, it'll be used as a, you'll be held hostage by mm -hmm. Russia, mm -hmm. Russian energy. Why would he do that? Mm -hmm. And why are they doing a different narrative in the media? And, you know, Joe Biden in 2012 met with Xi Jinping when he was vice president. Xi Jinping and Joe Biden, okay, China, mm -hmm. Hollywood, the conduit to Hollywood. Joe Biden was the point man for Hollywood hmm. in terms of getting business over there. Mm -hmm. So some of the major, major, major big names, and I won't mention them because I'm already canceled a bit, but if I mention them, it'll be, you know, mm -hmm. maybe I have a chance of uh, something, but the, the, the idea of him negotiating this deal for Hollywood and them being thankful and saying, Hollywood has the, Joe Biden has the full support of Hollywood later on mm -hmm. if he runs for president. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? And then the connections with Hunter with the, with the Communist Chinese Party in 2019. Mm -hmm. I mean, it all unfolds in a certain way. And even when Joe Biden said in his own words, China's not the enemy, folks. Mm -hmm. You know, we have it in the film. Yeah. His own words. We have. So when is the people... And we need the people to get the film. Go to mysonhunter.com mm -hmm. and click and get this film because it is a middle finger to the establishment media, to big tech, and in a certain way to uh, the cultural entertainment sector of mm -hmm. Hollywood that, that wants to ignore that this story happened and then denigrate any artistic value to it. It must be hard to do a film like this because as you say hollywood is so uniformly democrat and 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 not just 
casually. Like it, it feels like they're activists or advocates that they see their craft as serving political purposes. What was it like assembling a team? What was it like assembling a crew? Like I, I we've talked to Fella McAleer, one of the uh, backers of this movie before, and in other instances he's had actors quit. He's had crew quit when they've discovered, like he was doing a reenactment of, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but on the very and first night. The lovebirds, night, the FBI people. That's right. There. And and there were some, you know, Hollywood actors who I don't think were particularly political, but when they saw what the project was about, they stormed out. What was it like? Did you have that problem? I, I understand some of the filming was done overseas. Maybe that. Most of it. All of it was filmed overseas. It was, so it was in Serbia. Now, in Belgrade. Belgrade. Go ahead. Finish your question. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, maybe that helped solve the problem. Um, but even finding the talents, I mean, Lawrence Fox is from the UK. How about the other talent? Were they, are, you, are they worried they're going to be blacklisted now? Well, first I want to say the Serbian crew uh, were spectacular. Mm -hmm. The set designing, the, uh, you know, and I went extensively with them to design the sets and the, the my, uh, my Vladimir Ilik, who was the DP, who that was the first thing I needed to find out from the line producers over in Serbia the locations and the and the director of photography to and uh, they salt of the earth there was no pol political we were making a film mm -hmm. now i don't know but i heard when i was in serbia i was at the hotel a very nice hotel a terrific hotel and they came up to me and they said hey guess who was here last month and i said who they said hunter biden was here last month hmm. i said oh interesting but in Serbia, when Donald Trump won the election, there were banners and basically some parades all over hmm. Serbia. Now, that's not to say that affected anything. And that we didn't talk politics on the set. They were terribly, terribly, beautifully, I should say. Uh, uh, we had a great crew and none of that. What you did have, perhaps, were talent that maybe didn't want to be uh, on camera. Hmm. Uh, meaning actors or actresses, but we, we pretty had this cast. I mean, Lawrence Fox was the first choice, and uh, then John James, and then um, the, uh, the uh, um, uh, uh, Gina Carano, Gina, great Gina Carano, who's been right. canceled by Hollywood from Mandalorian. She plays the Secret Service Agency, and she has a, she has a great quality. Um, uh, as I said, Lawrence is absolutely brilliant. He's like a young Peter O'Toole. I mean, great actor, and James is as Joe Biden, but then it was finding the girl. I did have an issue with finding my leading lady because it had to be a specific, I needed somebody that, I, I, I was either going for a young Audrey Hepburn or a young Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Sharon Stone. Hmm. And, uh, but, but with the, and I had a great actress, a terrific young actress. Um, and she pulled out at the last minute because she got another film. Hmm. Uh, but I'm sure it was because, you know, and I understand because the film is an iconic series of pictures. So I understand that, uh, that level. But then I found this girl, Emma Gojevic, out of Serbia, who's an absolutely stunning actress, beautiful to look at. And, uh, you know, and there were little minor things like that along the way, uh, probably with casting. Uh, a casting director says, well, you know, I can't really, I, I, I remember early on I was, when I got involved with the picture, I sent it to a manager to inquire about some talents. And uh, 
he was excited at first, and then I sent him the piece, and he says, is this a Biden hit piece? I go, no, that's not what it's going to be. But it does expose. He says, you count me out. <laughs> so this I, is what yeah. you're going to get from Hollywood. Yeah, count I'm me not out. surprised. Now, I understand that a documentary film crew presented itself and said, hey, you're doing a film about my son Hunter.com. You're doing a film about Hunter Biden. Can we hang out on the set and can we do a documentary? And I understand that later on, this so-called documentary crew, and who knows, maybe they will be doing a documentary, that they were actually organized by a lawyer for Hunter Biden. I read that. Is that true? Was there some other camera crew there claiming to be doing a documentary about your film that later turned out to be led by a Hunter Biden lawyer? Yes. Uh, film, I like a close set, okay? Mm -hmm. And Philem, if you know him, of course, you've interviewed him, Northern Irish guy, so he's very good, Philem, you know, he has a, mm -hmm. a good sense of humor and, uh, uh, you know, kind of dry uh, personality comes to me and says, sorry, Robert, we have a, a film crew here that's uh, gonna do a documentary from uh, Hunter Biden. And, um, you know, they're from South Park. It's good, well, good people from South Park. I says, who are they? You don't know no, the guys from South Park. It's good, it's good. We vetted them. They're, they're, they're good people. I says, yeah. I says, well, no, I don't want anybody on the set, Philip. I don't want anyone on the set because if they're doing their own documentary, what are they going to extract from what we're doing? I says, and I want it closed. I don't want them to see. Anyway, so after a little back, he says, no, no, I'll make sure that they, you know, can't use anything and blah, blah, blah. So I tell you, it's good. All right, so the guy comes on the set. Of course, I don't want, I have a, they were very nice. I was very nice. I was very congenial to them, uh, seemingly nice. But I always looked on a, you know, I'm Sicilian, so I have a little suspicious eye. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sicilian always has a little bit. <laughs> so I, 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 and cautious. Mm -hmm. So, but the actors, of course, after a night's work, are sitting downstairs in the bar, you know what I mean? And they're yeah, going to be interviewed. Blowing off steam, and you know, riffing yeah, a bit, yeah. Riffing and having a few, you know, a few, imbibing in a few little bourbons yeah. or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they have, they'll be able to talk, of course, which I didn't. Then it comes to say, months later, as we're editing the film and finishing it, well, I can call, uh, film calls and goes, hey, you know those lawyers that were there? Yeah. He says, that was the lawyer that paid $2 million for Hunter Biden's tax debt. I says, what? He says, yes, yes it was a lawyer that was, a, that it was, it was, they were, they were infiltrating us in some way. And I says, I told you. He says, yeah, you were right. I says, <laughs> I says, anyway, but you know, who knows? Well, the they film were, will stand would... on its own merits for sure. I mean, maybe they're going to try and say, well, Lawrence Fox is a critic of Hunter Biden. Of course he is. I mean, every Lawrence Fox is a prolific commentator and Twitter, so it won't be shocking news if Lawrence Fox said something one night that was critical of Hunter Biden. It's just a little sneaky, and it shows that these, um, the, the level sneaky. of intrigue that the, that the Bidens are involved with, and that they obviously think this movie is, I don't know about a threat, but they're worried about it. They wanted to spy on you making this movie. That's what I take away from the whole thing. Well, judging from the response from critics on the left and the right, and even from critics that haven't seen the film on mm. the left or people that haven't seen the film on the left. Mm -hmm. It's astounding to me the, the goose-stepping that the media is continuing to do mm -hmm. on this. Now, one someone said, 
Can you expect us to believe that Hunter Biden went to a homeless encampment to get drugs with the money he had? Well, I got that from his own autobiography. Beautiful wow. things. Wow. So they want to say this. They want to criticize the tr things that happened. So how can the American people and the Canadian people wake up to this? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if you know, I mean, a, a guy that I like to listen to in Canada is Conrad Black. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you if you know who he, he if you've had him on or something. We had him on the show just last week. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a guy, when I hear him on American uh, thing, I go, hey, there's hope for Canada. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, but uh, I wish people would, 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 uh, I wish we could get people out there to just really spend the $22. Mm -hmm. They own the film. Go to mysonhunter.com mm -hmm. because it's like we have to, we have acquiesced culture. Ezra, mm -hmm. I don't know how you feel about that in Canada, but we have acquiesced culture to the, to the left. Let me ask you one more question about the movie and its reception. You say some critics, including those who haven't even watched the thing, uh, are skeptical about the content. And as you said earlier, a lot of that content, in fact, came from Hunter's own autobiography, let alone his laptop. Has there been, let me ask you this, has there been more criticism of the film or have they just tried to pretend it doesn't exist? Because that's, that's another kind of cancel culture. This is an exciting film on the news, real star power as actors and directors. Um, what's been the reaction from, I'd say, normal film critics, not particularly political ones, uh, how has how it been received on Rotten Tomatoes? How has it been received on by other reviewers? Have they reviewed it at all? I mean, I suppose even a bad review is better than no review because at least it talks about it. How has it been received? Depending on what side of the fence people are on, we've gotten tremendous reviews uh, from Movie Guide, from, uh, uh, from uh, what is it, um, uh, the Epoch Times. Mm -hmm. Tremendous review. We've gotten great reviews all over the place. And then it comes to something like the left now, mm -hmm. Salon, mm -hmm. or the Los Angeles magazine. Mm -hmm. A woman gave a review who didn't even see, admitted not even to see the film. Gee. She didn't even see the film. Huh. And we have people like that not even seeing the film. Hmm. And then on terms of the mainstream media of the left, they've uh, totally ignored it. Hmm. They've totally ignored a film. If this was about Donald Trump. Oh yeah. There would be every interview, every late night talk show, even yeah. on the right. Yeah. Would have people on begging them to come on and talk about the show and the film mm. and it's good and it's this and that. They would be so and then you so this is the uh uh dishonest. And I don't know how they can be so dishonest. Hmm. I don't understand the dishonesty. Well, they That's they see this as a me. war and they see you as an idea warrior. Well, listen, I'm very excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about the quality of talent that's involved in the storytelling and the budget and the, as you say, being on location. The movie is called My Son Hunter. You can get it at mysonhunter.com. We've been talking with Robert Davi, amazing filmmaking. I think that not only should we see it because it's a great movie, but I think if filmmakers take the chance and do something dramatic like this, do something that's truly original, I think it behooves all of us to support them. There are so few people in the cultural industries willing to be contrarian, willing to tell the other side of the story culturally that I think, I think we all ought to go to mysonhunter.com because it's a great movie, 
but because also we want to encourage more of this. Robert, it's been a pleasure to meet you. I've been a fan for a long time. It's sort of fun <laughs> to you. meet one of my uh, film heroes. So thank you for not only making the film, but for spending half an hour with us. It was a pleasure, Ezra. Thank you. Anytime and uh, Godspeed. And uh, thank you again so much. It's been a well, pleasure. It's our to be pleasure. My, my friends in Toronto are going to be happy, I know, in Canada. Right on. <laughs> and well, around well, the country, I'm sure. Well, thank you for making I'll all tweet the best. this out. Thank well, you. Ciao. Cheers. And that's mysonhunter.com. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back. Your letters to me. Who's asking says. Liz Trust is a World Economic Forum member. She is not what the UK needs. She is not conservative. All right, I did not know that. That's interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, I think out of the various choices that were there, I prefer her to Rishi Sunak. But look, they're all compromised in some way. Um, I think time will tell. Maybe that's too easy an answer, but we'll see soon enough. First thing she did was unban fracking, which I think is a good thing. Evan Duquette says, not just years, decades, tens of thousands of victims. You're referring to our guest interview yesterday with Samantha Smith. What a horrific story. And I didn't want to press her on her own details. I have read too many stories with too many graphic details of the repeated rape of children. They're children. They're not women. They're not young women. They are children. They are girls. And it's gone on. It has gone on for decades. Rotherham, the most famous of the cases, but every town across the UK. It, it is a horrible story, and I salute Samantha for having the courage to talk about it. Well, that's our show for today, and I hope you'll check out our website, SaveRebelNews.com. It's been a while since we've been threatened with a lawsuit like this, but this is a serious one, I think. This guy is a Trudeau man through and through. He's got the funding, he's got the lawyer, and he's coming to get us. I think it's this is the hill to die on. We have to defend against this. Go to SaveRebelNews.com. That's the show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom. You know, I think we have yet to see the full fallout from what I think could be one of the most societal decaying parts of these pandemic lockdowns and vaccine mandates. Think about it. What does it mean for our institutions if the moral conscientious objectors, the ones who will not be cowed to emotional manipulation, financial extortion, or peer pressure, are the ones being purged from our workplaces. In the before times, these sorts of people were the ones appointed to positions of management and leadership because of their strong moral compasses. Yet in the times of mandates and lockdowns, they are the ones being fired for those excellent and desirable qualities. I worry about the future of academia, the military, healthcare, police forces, and government agencies. When all the people who resisted on conscience, the free thinkers, are gone from leadership positions and the compliant, uncritical, and obedient are the ones left in their places, I think it will be a very long time before we can even measure the extent of these losses for society. And today I can show you what it was like at one federal government agency for those who wanted to retain their bodily autonomy, who chose the hard way because it was the right way for them. I know, I know, it's hard to feel empathy for a government bureaucrat, but these were the good ones, and now they're gone. And what does that leave in their place? A homogenous, liberal-compliant workplace where no one thinks like you do, completely unreflective of the Canadian population, but a mirror image of the Liberal Party of Canada. You see, we filed for an access to information request 
with several government agencies about how many and to whom they granted vaccine mandate religious exemptions if they granted any at all. We did this all through your generous crowdfunded donations to our very special investigations website at rebelinvestigates.com. So thank you to those of you who made this important work possible. Now, we recently received a response back from the Canada Revenue Agency. Yes, the CRA. We asked the CRA for the number of employees who requested a religious exemption from the COVID-19 vaccine, including the total number of requests denied and the total number of religious exemptions that were ultimately granted nationally and provincially and at the Montreal office of the CRA. Only 32 people of the 550 who requested an exemption were granted. Though the footnotes mention that the numbers don't even include the people who left the agency or were placed on leave or who ultimately gave in and got jabbed. So the stats would actually be even worse than what we're looking at here. 550 people in just one government agency were subject to a religious inquisition about their sincerely held religious beliefs at the hands of the state in an allegedly free society. And some drone claimed to have been able to